Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. I'd like to say hello to some friends. Hello to Hazel Bradley. Hello to Paige Purdom from Hamilton, New Zealand. Hello to Ruby Grace in Graysonville, Maryland. And hello to Stella from the UK. I'd like to say happy birthday to Scarlet Dolly Petal from Harlow, Essex in the United Kingdom, who is turning eight on January the 31st. Happy birthday, Scarlet. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Hazel, Paige, Ruby, Stella, and Scarlett for your support. It is so nice meeting all of you. Our sleep story is the polka dot lady. This story is all about a ladybug who works for Farmer Green. She feels that everyone should be a hard worker just like her. She is very quick to tell some who are not so hardworking how she feels. One day, a wren picks her up and takes her home to feed the babies. Will she be all right? Now, are you cozy? Are you in your comfortable place, your place to relax, or your favorite position in bed? You can take a moment to position your pillows, a teddy, or your other little comforts to make sure that everything feels as it should. Are you ready now to take a few deep, belly breaths. Let's start relaxing by taking three deep belly breaths. Breathe in. Feel the air come in through your nose, filling your belly full of air. Now breathe out, just like you are letting out a slow sigh. Softly breathing in and out. Let's do that again. Breathe in, filling your belly with air. And breathe out, slowly releasing the air. As you breathe, notice anything that might be uncomfortable. Notice how your wiggly toes feel, how your legs feel, how your belly gets bigger as you breathe in and gets smaller as you breathe out. Notice your arms and your head. Breathe in deeply, filling your body with air and relaxation. 
Breathe out slowly, expelling any tension. Perfect. You are already feeling more calm and relaxed. Let's continue with the first part of the polka dot lady. The polka dot lady. Little Mrs. Ladybug was a worker. Nobody could deny that. To be sure, she had to stop now and then to talk to her neighbors because Mrs. Ladybug dearly loved a bit of gossip. At the same time, there wasn't anyone in Pleasant Valley that helped Farmer Green more than she did. She tried her hardest to keep the trees in the orchard free from insects. Some of her neighbors were known sometimes to say with a sniff, if Mrs. Ladybug didn't enjoy her work, she wouldn't care about helping Farmer Green. If she hadn't such a big appetite, she'd stop to chat even more than she does now. That might seem an odd remark, unless one happened to know how Mrs. Ladybug freed the orchard of the tiny pests that attacked it. The truth of the matter was this. Mrs. Ladybug ate the little insects that fed upon the fruit trees. Her constant toil meant that she devoured huge numbers of Farmer Green's enemies. Goodness knows what Farmer Green would have done had Mrs. Ladybug and her family lost their taste for that kind of fare. The orchard might have been a sorry sight. Perhaps it was only to be expected that Mrs. Ladybug should have little patience with folks that seemed lazy. She thought that Freddy Firefly wasted too much of his time dancing in the meadow at night. She considered Buster Bumblebee, the queen's son, to be a useless idler, dressed in his black velvet and gold. Having heard that Daddy Longlegs was a harvestman, she urged him to go to work for Farmer Green at harvest time. And as for the beautiful Betsy Butterfly, Mrs. Ladybug found all manner of fault with her. Nothing made Mrs. Ladybug angrier than to see Betsy Butterfly flitting from flower to flower in the sunshine, followed by her admirers. What can they see in that creature? Mrs. Ladybug often asked her friends. It will appear from this that Mrs. Ladybug was not always as pleasant as she might have been. Moreover, she was something of a busybody and too fond of prying into the affairs of others. And if she didn't happen to approve of her neighbors or their ways, Mrs. Ladybug never hesitated to speak her mind. 
when she first appeared on Farmer Green's place, wearing her bright red gown with its black spots, everyone supposed that Mrs. Ladybug was dressed in her working clothes. And indeed she was. I've no time to fritter away, she declared when someone asked her what she was going to wear to Betsy Butterfly's party. If I go to the party, I'll just drop in for a few minutes as I am in my polka dot. Her neighbors thought that very strange. They even whispered to one another that they didn't believe Mrs. Ladybug had anything else to wear. She didn't have anything else, and she didn't want anything else. And it wasn't long before everybody understood Mrs. Ladybug's ways. She was so earnest that they couldn't help liking her, no matter if her remarks were a bit hurtful now and then. Not only was Betsy Butterfly a beautiful creature, she was pleasant to everyone and almost all her neighbors were just as pleasant to her. Mrs. Ladybug was one of the few that were sometimes disagreeable to Betsy. For Mrs. Ladybug did not approve of her. She thought that Betsy Butterfly was frivolous, and she frowned whenever she saw Betsy in her beautiful costume. She never wears working clothes, Mrs. Ladybug often complained when talking to her friends. Now, if Betsy Butterfly would only wear something plain and serviceable, as I do once in a while, people might have a different opinion of her. She ought to try this hard-finished red and black polka dot of mine. It's a wonderful piece of goods. One day, Mrs. Ladybug was gossiping in that fashion with Matilda Moth, a soberly clad person who was always a bit jealous of the gorgeous Betsy. And Matilda Moth nodded her head to everything that little Miss Ladybug said. What do you think of Betsy Butterfly's wings? Miss Moth inquired. They're all for show, Mrs. Ladybug declared. They're so flimsy and delicate that Betsy Butterfly never dares venture out in bad weather. Of what use would I be to Farmer Green if I had wings like hers? If I stayed undercover whenever the sun didn't shine, the orchard would soon be overrun with insects. Now it happened that Buster Bumblebee was sipping nectar from a head of clover nearby. Of course, he wasn't listening to what Mrs. Ladybug and Miss Moth were saying, but he couldn't help hearing their remarks. And being a great admirer of Betsy Butterfly, he wasn't at all pleased. He even buzzed near the two gossipers and said to them, Can't you find something else to talk about? Such rudeness, Mrs. Ladybug gasped. What shocking manners, cried Miss Matilda Moth. They hoped that Buster Bumblebee heard what they said. Anyhow, 
he flew off in his blundering, clumsy way without speaking to them again. Who is this Mrs. Ladybug to pick flaws in the beautiful Betsy Butterfly? He asked himself fiercely. Who is she to find fault with Betsy's lovely wings? If Mrs. Ladybug herself had wings, I wouldn't think her chattering was so strange. But a person with no wings has no business expressing their views of somebody else's. Buster Bumblebee was so out of patience with Mrs. Ladybug that he lost his taste for cloverheads for the rest of the afternoon. And that was a most unusual thing with him. However, he could think of nothing but Mrs. Ladybug and her unkind words. And at last, meeting Betsy Butterfly herself along towards sunset, he stopped to tell her how well she was looking and how charming her colors were. Betsy Butterfly was not vain. She laughed happily and said, You're very kind to say those kind things. I can't help it, he replied heartily. Everybody's not like you, Betsy Butterfly told him. Then you've been hearing about Mrs. Ladybug, he cried. Somebody has been tattling. It doesn't matter, Betsy Butterfly assured him. Perhaps it's good for me to know that not everyone admires me. Buster Bumblebee didn't agree with her. I'll have to speak to Mrs. Ladybug, he declared. Oh, don't, Betsy Butterfly begged him, for she was as gentle as she was beautiful and never wanted people to quarrel on her account. But Buster Bumblebee had made up his mind and nothing could change it. The next day, Buster Bumblebee set out for the orchard to find Mrs. Ladybug. He wanted to warn her to stop talking about Betsy Butterfly. But Buster hadn't realized that it was not an easy matter to say anything to Mrs. Ladybug. Mrs. Ladybug always liked to do most of the talking herself. She preferred to let others listen. He found her hard at work destroying insects on an old apple tree. And when she caught sight of him, Mrs. Ladybug paused in her labors. Well, young man, she exclaimed, looking at Buster severely, are you wasting this lovely day away? You don't seem to be making any honey. Buster wished he had spoken first. He certainly had no intention of discussing such matters as honey-making. I don't need to make honey, he told Mrs. Ladybug. The workers in our hive provide enough honey. Maybe you didn't know that I'm of royal blood. I'm the queen's son. I don't have to work, he declared somewhat hotly. Rubbish, cried Mrs. Ladybug regarding him with a frown. Go get yourself some working clothes. Take off your black velvet and gold and save that suit for when you need it. Y you don't understand, 
Buster tried to explain. Being a queen's son, I am expected to wear my best clothes every day. Nonsense, Mrs. Ladybug retorted. The sooner you get such silly notions out of your head, the better off you'll be. Everybody ought to work. Too much play is bad for folks. Buster Bumblebee could feel himself flushing. The neighbors were not expected to talk to a queen's son in that way. That's exactly the way you talk about Betsy Butterfly, he exploded. Huh? Mrs. Ladybug sniffed. You are a good pair. Betsy Butterfly's wings? At this point, Buster managed to interrupt her. Don't talk about wings, please, he cried. Who are you to talk about wings when you haven't any yourself? Mrs. Ladybug started, and she gave him a strange look. What's that? she inquired. What's that? Say that again. You haven't any wings. Huh, she laughed. You're mistaken. I have wings. Then you left them at home, he insisted. Mrs. Ladybug smiled a very knowing sort of smile. When he saw it, Buster Bumblebee couldn't help feeling uncomfortable. Somehow, he knew that he had made a mistake. But just where he had erred, he was unable to decide. Watch closely, young sir, Mrs. Ladybug bade him. Watch closely, and perhaps you'll be able to learn something. Then Buster Bumblebee received the surprise of his life. As he watched, Little Ladybug opened her shell-like black-dotted red back and spread a pair of delicate brown wings. See these? She said to Buster Bumblebee, who gasped at her blankly. I've really got two pairs of wings, because my polka dot wing covers are actually wings too. Only folks don't usually call them by that name. Having spread her wings, Mrs. Ladybug decided to take a short flight, and with Buster gazing surprised after her, she flitted off. I'll have to tell my mother the queen about this, he muttered. Rusty Wren's wife was getting very impatient. She was at home with her fast-growing family of youngsters, at home in the cherry tree near Farmer Green's chamber window. Dear me, Mrs. Wren exclaimed, I don't see what's keeping Rusty. It's at least a quarter of an hour since he brought any food to these children. Mrs. Wren soon grew tired of waiting. I'll go and find him, she said under her breath, and telling her nestlings, that she would be back in a few minutes, she hurried off toward the orchard. I thought so, Mrs. Wren muttered soon afterward as she caught sight of her husband. He was talking with Jolly Robin 
in the old apple tree where the Robin family lived. I thought so. Have you forgotten your duty as a parent? Mrs. Wren asked her husband in a sharp voice, dropping down on a branch right behind him. Rusty Wren jumped. I've been here only a second or two, he faltered. Mr. Robin and I had a little business together. So I see, said Mrs. Wren. So I see. And now, if your business is finished, allow me to remind you that you have six hungry sons and daughters at home. Then Mrs. Wren twitched herself off her perch and flew back to the cherry tree and her family. I declare, Rusty Wren remarked to his friend Jolly Robin, I must have stayed here talking with you longer than I thought. Those children have enormous appetites. I'll have to work more quickly than ever to get them fed before sunset. I know how that is, said Jolly Robin with a chuckle. Somehow he seemed much more cheerful than his companion. I was actually glad when our last nestlings were big enough to leave home and hustle for themselves. But of course, he added, I still keep an eye on them. Rusty Wren had already begun to hunt for tidbits. Almost immediately, he found an ant, which he snatched up and carried away. Back and forth he flew, making dozens of trips between his house and the orchard. Grubs and caterpillars, grasshoppers and spiders, he seized them wherever he could spy them and took them home to his famishing children. Though he worked his hardest, Mrs. Wren hadn't a smile for him. I'll have to bring home something special to please her, he thought. I wish I could find some dainty that would put her in better humor. So he looked all around to see what he could discover that was different from the food he had been gathering. And it wasn't long before he gave a chirp of delight. Here's a pretty beetle, he cried. I know it will make Mrs. Wren smile when I show it to her. Then Rusty Wren pounced upon Mrs. Ladybug and took her struggling away in his bill. Rusty Run hurried home, carrying Mrs. Ladybug despite her frantic efforts to escape. She wriggled all her six legs at the same time. She'll be pleased with this one, Rusty murmured as he watched Mrs. Ladybug's struggles. Mrs. Wren will certainly thank me when I give her this morsel. And she did. How lovely! Mrs. Wren exclaimed when Rusty gave her his captive. And he was so glad that he hastened away to find another, just like that one. But he hadn't gone far before he said, Ugh, I hope I haven't made a mistake. I don't like the taste of that beetle. And he dropped down upon the ground and carefully wiped his bill upon the grass. He couldn't help feeling somewhat worried. I don't believe the children will notice anything wrong, he muttered. So far, they've never refused anything that was offered to them. 
But if Mrs. Wren tried to eat that beetle herself, I fear there'll be trouble. And there was. Rusty knew it a few minutes later when little Mr. Chippy's son, Chippy Jr., came flitting up and peeped in his childish voice, Please, sir, Mrs. Wren wants you at once. There was nothing to do except to go home, and Rusty went. He found Mrs. Wren much upset. Are you trying to poison us? she demanded. No, indeed, my love, Rusty Wren replied meekly. Well, you made a terrible mistake then, she declared. Meanwhile, Rusty Wren was looking all around, yet he couldn't see the pretty beetle, meaning Mrs. Ladybug, anywhere. Somebody must have swallowed it anyhow, he thought. You must be more careful, his wife told him severely. That was a horrible tasting beetle that you brought home. It's lucky I discovered that it was a bad one. The children, poor dears, are so hungry that any one of them would have bolted it had I offered it to them. Then you ate it yourself? Rusty Wren faltered. Oh, no, I didn't, said his wife. I dropped it on the ground, and no doubt I'd have thrown it away anyhow, no matter how it tasted. Why? He asked her, I thought it was a pretty beetle. It was pretty enough, I dare say, Mrs. Wren replied, but it had a very hard shell. It wouldn't have been safe to feed it to the children, nor should I have cared to eat it myself. I thought it was a pretty beetle, Rusty said again. It was such a pretty color, bright red, you know. It seemed to me it would please the children, and you too? Mrs. Wren still seemed to be somewhat out of patience. When you gather food for the youngsters, never mind about the color of it, she exclaimed. If you want to bring them playthings, that's another matter. But don't bring home any more pretty red beetles for them to eat. Very well, my love said Rusty Wren, and then he slipped away to hunt for food because the children were still wanting for more. Mrs. Wren talked a good deal afterward about her terrible experience, yet she never stopped to think about the pretty beetle, about little Mrs. Ladybug. For Mrs. Ladybug had had a dreadful fright. Luckily, she wasn't hurt, but it was a long time before she was her usual busy, able self again. And later, when she told her friends about her adventure, she said that she couldn't understand how Rusty came to make such a mistake. I thought, Mrs. Ladybug declared, that every bird in Pleasant Valley knew I wasn't good to eat. And that's the end of this part. Good night.